The Agile Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Rocket Nine Solutions, proudly serving Southern California and Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast is a part of the Agile Podcast Network. Welcome again to the Agile Coffee Podcast, episode 64. 64. Can you imagine that? I know. They're piling up, aren't they? <laughs> they are piling it up. Just like that old Beatles song, When I'm 64. When I'm 64. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe not, huh? We won't go there. No. Nah. Nah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, Larry Lawhead's with me today. Welcome, Hello. Larry. Hello, Vic. Glad to be here. I'm Vic Bonacci. You can find me on Twitter, at Agile Coffee. And Larry, you are at Larry Lawhead? Yeah, Larry Law at Larry Lawhead at Twitter. Makes it easy. Makes it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't been as active on Twitter. That's something I need to change in this new year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. I think I, I got to learn how to do that stuff. I Do you have your book I just gave Oh, you? I have a book. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I have right here? I just gave yes. Larry the Twitter book. The Twitter book. Oh, we have an announcement to make. For those of you who are listening to us uh, on your favorite podcasting uh, platform, we're now on video. Yeah, it's an yeah, experiment we're, going full we're trying. Board. We're going full out in this thing. So if you're watching on video, here's the Twitter book that I'm giving to Larry. Yeah, thank you. Oh, Vic, I'll cherish this really for the rest of my life and everything. <laughs> I love I can't you, Larry. wait. I'm going, to get, I'm going to become a Twitter expert. And then you're going to hold me accountable for tweeting as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> exactly. If you ever want to reach out to us on Twitter, on the tweet machine, uh, use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee, and we'll be sure to uh, look at it and potentially you know, include your yeah. topic in with our topics as well. It's a great happy, idea. Happy to do that. Before we jump into episode episode sixty four here, Larry, uh, a couple of things. So we have um, we have the Agile Open San Diego coming yep, up. Yeah, we sure do. The Agile Open San Diego is in San Diego at Marina Village on March eleventh. Yes, eleventh is a games day, so it's the twelfth and thirteenth. Yep, that's when the event occurs. So the Agile Open space is on the twelfth and thirteenth, a Thursday, Friday. Um, the day before, on Wednesday, at the same location, we have Agile Games Day. That's the 11th of March. Yeah, that's Wednesday. turning out to be a pretty good event. We've got some great speakers. Yeah, Paul Winey Paul, is. Yeah, Paul's doing a great job setting that up. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll be there. You'll be there. We'll be trying games and sharing games that we can use with our, our teams, whether they're scrum teams or not. Um, and then, and then, this is great, stick around for after the open space. Oh, yeah, this is important. We have a training from the back of the room. Tickets are on sale. They're, they're starting to fill up, which is exciting to me. Uh, that's the 14th and 15th of March. It is uh, Saturday and Sunday, yeah, also at the same location. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna, I, I was there a, um, a couple of years ago. I took your, co your course. Yeah. It was great. Had a fun time with you in the class. Uh, I know we had a, a few... Um, few people from the community in that class and this one's going to be the same yep. people that we know in our community are going to be there if you're looking for a discount code for the tbr class training from the back of the room you can use acp20 stands for agile coffee podcast 20 acp20 and that'll get you 20 percent off of the ticket price uh, for the tbr class down in san diego um, so you can find out more information by going to rocket9solutions.com and you can find the training for the back of the room class. If you want to find more about the Agile Open San Diego, you can Google that yep. and it'll bring you right to the page. You'll see, uh, you'll see Larry's face there. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Gee, I need to get a new picture or something. <laughs> you and me both. You'll see my picture. I'm holding space there again. Looking forward to seeing everyone. Also coming up, we have, uh, also in March, actually, it's the weekend, uh, the week before, we have the CSP SM class. That's the Certified Scrum Professional, Scrum Master class. It's Rocket Nine Solutions hosting it. We're hosting Angela Johnson. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, so we know Angela. Uh, she's coming in from the Midwest, which is a great time of the year to come out to Southern California. Absolutely. <laughs> We're rescuing her. <laughs> <laughs> So happy to have Angela Johnson coming down uh, in March also to do the uh, CSP Scrum Master course here in Orange County. Um, another shout out. Hello, Nashville. Yeah, hello, Nashville. So we've got uh, Scott Dunn has been in Nashville now for a few months. He's got his own meetup going there. Yep. It's the Agile Leadership Meetup. It's a lean yes. coffee type thing. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. Have you been out there yet? Uh, no, I haven't. But you know what I'm actually waiting for? What's that? I'm waiting for Scott to start his own band. Oh, in you Don't go to Music City and not start a band. It's he, kind of like the Scrum Scrummers or something. I have no idea. Does he idea, play guitar or ukulele or something? Banjo? I'm sure he, you can learn. I'm sure you can learn. <laughs> 
That's great. And then we'll go out there and join him. We'll be his backup band. <laughs> he could take lead. Uh, so hello, Nashville. So uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, welcome aboard. Um, get to know Scott. Scott's a great guy. You can look yeah. up uh, his meetup on, on the meetup.com website. Type in um, Agile Leadership, Nashville, and Scott will pop up yep. there. One last uh, class that we'd like to mention in our episode 63, the last podcast episode, we talked about Kanban with Van Ray. His course is still listed, so you can go to rocket 9 Solutions slash Kanban and find out more about the upcoming TKP, that's Team Kanban Practitioner, uh, on February 27th. And that's also in Orange County here. Yeah, that's a great course. I'd encourage everyone to go to that that is a passionate, agile professional. Mm-hmm. It's just another good framework to have in your your bag of tricks. I'm planning to be there as well. Um, I learned a lot from the podcast, but I figured, you know, yeah. How how many days is this? Is it a one day class? I believe uh, so. Yeah, yeah, it is a one yeah. day class. So getting there, spending a, an eight hours as opposed to forty minutes in a podcast, I'm going to yeah. pick up a lot more. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Van does a great job. He's he's informed, passionate. He's really worked this through well. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've got some cards on the table, but we have to throw our dots on there. In the meantime, let's hear the opening song. All right. So we have voted and uh, with just two of us, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was really hard. You know? It was, wasn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> well, we'll probably get to all these anyway. Uh, the first one that we have up here is uh, TBR for Scrum Masters. Um, training from the back of the room for scrum masters. So when we were sitting around, we thought we said we we've got to talk about training from the back. Of the yeah, room, exactly. Right. Um, you know, you wrote a blog post, so I kind of want to start by asking um, if there's anything that you you wanted to say in your blog post that you didn't. But maybe let's take a step back and, and talk about what what was in your blog post. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Getting beyond boredom. How yes. to use TBR to become a better trainer, I think, was the gist of, of your yeah, blog Yeah, or post. a better scrum master. You know, yeah. the, the idea, and that's how I took the stuff from the takeaway from your class was I took these, these creative ways of interacting, uh, making c- uh, collective decisions. You know, the team is self-organized, so the team has to arrive at a, an agreement on mm-hmm. a slew of things. Yep. And so you could do the old, the old Larry way of... <laughs> Okay, let's do, uh, let's say, fist of five on this one, a fist of five on that right. one. And you go, well, uh, we need to talk about that a little bit more. And it's just, ah. So yeah. here you've got a whole bunch of tools. And I like the class because you, you gave us books. And so we have plenty of stuff to choose from uh, and on how to facilitate a meeting with your team to help them arrive at decisions, but not only that, but the richness of the conversation is is uh, is pulled deeper mm-hmm. when you do exercises because it's all about how you think as an individual, how Homo sapiens think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love Sharon Bowman's curriculum, how she put it together. You know, she'd written a number of books before she came up with the class uh, itself. So so you can uh, find her. Uh, as an author on on Amazon or wherever you look for books yeah. and see she's written a number of books. But the two that you mentioned, um, the one actually is kind of the, the gold standard. It goes along with the class. It's uh, training from the back of the room. Um, and then she's got another one as you when you come to the class you get uh, you get the uh, the brain habits uh, book oh, yeah. as well that's a good which one. is wonderful and then you get the workbook that goes with it too. Uh, I'm staring off camera. I've got a pile of books over there. But um, in addition to to her two books there, I've got other resources that she's uh, either written and, and oh. highlighted or she's said, you know, go out and find other resources. So I've got some of those um, that I use um, whenever I prepare for any kind of an event, yeah. whether it's a, a working as a scrum master or starting a new training course or doing a talk in the community. Yeah, exactly. You know, really always helps. trying to find ways to bring the audience in, right? Yep. And have them do the thought work. Yes. You put the subject out there, and then they have to self-organize around the topic to f- come up t- with a solution that's meaningful to them. And that turns the whole pyramid upside down, exactly. the pyramid of, of training and teaching. Yeah. It used to be um, one person in the front of the room, as you said, kind of the sage on the stage model, <laughs> where they're just doing yeah. all of the, the yeah. talking and occasionally answering a question, and everyone else in the audience is just listening and writing down notes. Um, and now, like you said... We're relying on the wisdom of the crowd, knowing that the person in front of the stage might have a lot of answers, but certainly not all the answers. Yes. 
and it's better if uh, adults are learning from each other. And you could use this to, I'm sure, any num any age you want, but specifically Sharon talks about adult learning, mm -hmm. adult education. You know, the thing that I like about this, too, is mm -hmm. that if I come up with an idea or my group at the table comes up with an idea, we own that idea. Yes. And we, it's not like I'm up there trying to lecture a bunch of people convincing them that I have a good idea. Right. Where they at the table come up with the idea and they own it. Yeah. And then they're preaching it back to me. I love that. I love that part where you wanted to say something. Yeah. So you threw it out there. The table worked it over and they came to say a similar conclusion. And then they're teaching it back to you going, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, so. And you can, you can give them all the credit because they yes. are. They're getting the yes, credit for it. and they've done the work. But you know that as a facilitator or a trainer with these techniques – that maybe they wouldn't have come to those conclusions yes. without that bit of uh, kind of thought that you've put into how, exactly. to, how to cover the, t the content there. Um, you know, you had said, uh, and it reminded me of a phrase uh, from Craig Larman, who says, uh, you own it, you don't rent it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that right? is so important. Because if they're renting it, they're just giving it back to you at the end of the day. They're checked out, right? But, yeah. but they're owning it, so they want to keep it maintained. It, and all it, that. it fits into our whole transformation thing, too. You don't mm -hmm. want people... We're not in this business just to fill people's heads full of information so they can go back to their work and business as usual then or something. No, we want to transform the way people work. We want to transform teams. We want mm -hmm. to transform how people think about what they do and their creative, unleash that creative ability of your team. And this is what it takes to do that. Absolutely. So if I was a scrum master and I'm working with my team, let's say I've got a, a standard like two-week sprint. So I've got my uh, my sprint planning meeting, I've got my, my review and my retrospective and, and the daily scrum every day. Um, when I'm thinking about TBR, inserting that into being a scrum master, I'm thinking in terms of what are the kind of the touch points, the big yeah. events. Yeah. But are there other ways um, that you can use TBR practices? So I'm trying to think as a scrum master, where, where would TBR come in? Where would some of these, what's an example of an exercise or a, a way of kind of addressing the facilitation that I might normally do. I think the retrospective lends itself very nice to this. It'd be anything agree, though. If yeah. you if you're trying to do backlog refinement and work out a, a difficult technical solution, it would work as well. Uh, but I think easy it's a easy one to talk about. The mm -hmm. retrospective is an easy one to talk about. Mm -hmm. Where you've got as a scrum master, this is where I think it's great, right? As a scrum master, you've got the numbers in front of you. You know where the team's at. Mm -hmm. You've seen, if you've gone through your reports that you're, you're creating and you see your dashboards you've created, uh, you know, messages start to emerge, you know, like, oh, gee, we have a problem here. Mm. You know, look at your, um, look at your, uh, your diagrams here. You, you've got a, like a, close, a cluster of tasks that are way above your average so what does that mean that that you look into that as, as a scrum master you go wow we had trouble with this this and this how do you bring this up to the team yeah yeah because in I a can, way that they'll yeah exactly yeah yeah because i'm going to go and say okay guys listen according to the report here uh we are really a, we we took a, we took a hit on that cluster of uh stories what was the problem how about if we just asked them to think it over, yeah, and have them come up with the fact that oh, that was really bad. Let's see, let's uh, let's work that through. Great, and it's no longer me trying to encourage them to improve; it's them encouraging each other to improve. Great. So your example is specific at a specific at a retrospective, um, instead of just the, the scrum master telling the team, you know, yes. my observations. Here's how I would improve. You know, do this, yep. but rather say, hey guys, here's some data that I collected. What do you think? What do you it? think about it? Exactly. Oh, great. From that data story that we're telling, what's something that we'd like to do to get better? Yeah. What does this, what does this mean to us as a team? Why did that yeah. happen? How could we avoid it? What do you think, guys? Yeah, great. And then you can come up with your little exercises and all kinds of inter interesting interactions again, and they'll own the solution. I love it. I love it. So, so you started off with retrospectives, which is an obvious choice. It's a really good starting point if you're new to TBR, start slipping it into uh, your, your sprint retrospectives. Because as Scrum Master, that's kind of your platform yes. where you want to see the yeah, team exactly. improve. But as you also indicated, you could put this in other places. For example, um, whether it's backlog refinement or sprint planning. Oh, yeah. You could um, make things more visual. You know, Sharon did a really great job. She identified six areas 
that you can focus on to make any presentation better. She called yeah. them yeah. Uh, her six good. trumps, yeah. and uh, in it, it's it's um, um, speaking, trumps, listening. So if you can get people to speak, that's better than them just listening. Uh, movement, trumps, sitting down. So in your uh, in your activities, you can have people stand up stand and move up. around the room yeah. to do dot voting or something like that, right? Um, um, a different trumps, same. So when I hear that one, I'm thinking, you know, every day for the uh, for the yeah, daily that's, scrum, that's for example, yeah. try to do something different yeah. every day, and so we're not falling into the same patterns, the same yeah. kind of rote uh, kind of schedule when we do our our daily scrum. We're doing the same thing all the time because then people start to check out. They get on, yeah, on they, autopilot. Yeah, they right? get into this routine where this is just a status meeting, and I'm not listening to really anything that's going on. I'm not engaged. I'm just, okay, 15 minutes, hey, we're done, let's go. Mm-hmm. No, man, you have to engage in that because there's stuff happening in that, that daily stand-up that you need to be listening to. There's, there's a, possibly a problem that's going to pop up, and it wouldn't even be named or listed as a problem when the, when the update comes. But once he says it or she says it, you go, whoa, hey, just a second. If you're going to change that, yeah. that means i got to change something else. Oh, let's, do a, let's do a parking lot item on that. Yeah, great point, great point. Uh, Pictures trump uh, trump words or yeah. drawings trump uh, visual text. So again, when you're talking about a sprint goal or maybe doing oh, yeah. a retrospective yeah. on 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 the sprint, you can use visual metaphors, uh, yeah. things like that, to help people people align. Yeah, right. I like the idea of the sprint goal. Oftentimes, teams will take a look at the sprint goal and they go, "Oh well, ho hum." And is it there or not? Your sprint goal should be so clear. Mm-hmm. that you can ask anybody on that team at any time during the sprint, what is your goal? And they'll, they'll know the answer right yeah. off the bat. If your team isn't able to do that, then maybe as a scrum master, you should you should employ some of the things that you get in the training out of the back of the room. So so the team really owns that, that, that uh, sprint goal. It's not just something that you mentally ascend to because, I don't know, maybe the scrum master or somebody brought, up, brought it up. No, you own that thing. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, how about you out in our audience? If you can think of other examples of how to use these uh, kind of adult learning principles um, when you're acting as a scrum yeah. master or an agile yeah. coach with your teams or with individuals in the workplace, uh, what are some things that you'd recommend? Use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee uh, yeah. and start a conversation. Let us know. Yeah, that'd be great. Our next topic, uh, you know, Scott Dunn created this topic for us, but he's not here to participate. So, uh, Scott, if you're out there, you know, chime in. You can you can <laughs> talk along to the podcast with us, right? Um, but this has to do with a, a blog post that he wrote about a month or so ago, and it's called uh, The Top Ten Assumptions of Agile or About Agile. Um, so he wrote a, a blog post, and as is indicated by the title... There's some assumptions about Agile, and yeah. he, he, he listed 10 of them. Yeah, some of these are really good. You know, th- I like the first one because it's so, like, everywhere you go, you hear this, right? Agile is Scrum. Scrum. Yeah. Scrum is Agile. Agile is Scrum. Yeah. You go, well, hey, just a second. We, we, we got to talk about frameworks here. What? What's a framework? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Agile, yeah, I like this. Oftentimes you hear the Agile method. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. That's already something that's interesting. So right. keep listening. And they're they're trying to explain to you Scrum. And you yeah. think, well, there's a lot more under the hood here than just, right. just Scrum. Right. In Agile, you have a Scrum master and a product owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Really? Do you? Yeah. Is that so? So as a Scrum master and, and uh, or coaches or however we interact with our organizations, we have to help them see that there's a lot more to Agile than just Scrum. It's a, Scrum is a framework. Great. What does that mean? Okay, great. But what else are there? Oh, there's XP. Yeah. Whoa. There's, right. uh, there's uh, the, then uh, uh, Kanban is a great one. Or I see here, less safe. Mm-hmm. These are all things that are very important. Yeah. So he rolls from, from number one, Agile is Scrum, into number two, you must use Scrum. And I think you're covering it there. Yeah. One, one that I saw that popped out to me, um, he says it's a, an assumption that safe is evil. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting. And and one. for me, I mean, I I've, I follow that assumption all the time. You know me, I'm like a safe. Ugh. 
I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, th- I've got more to learn. I just haven't learned about SAFE. I haven't yeah. practiced. I've, I've learned about less. I've learned about Scrum at scale. But you know, every time it feels like every time I talk to someone about SAFE, they don't feel satisfied with it yet. Or, or they've, they've worked in, with SAFE in the past and it hasn't clicked. Now, some people say that SAFE is, is just fine. I just don't hang out in those circles yet, yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Have you used SAFE or worked with people uh, I've who worked do? with a company that used SAFE. Uh, it, was, it was a voluntary thing. You could okay. either, if you were going to do a, a work with an agile framework, then SAFE was the framework that you would be working with. Great. And so I, I took their whole course because they changed it a bit to fit their company. And it worked for them. I have to say that it, it's yeah, it's big and it's bulky. But this was a big bulky company, and they felt comfortable um, at at the the speed in which uh, new ideas introduced into the system all the way down. It works its way through the layers and comes out in an incremental increment of value at the end. Uh, and that the, those feedback loops were were fine for them. Uh, the way in things are were defined and discussed and architected was fine for them and it worked well for that company right i think if you were to have a smaller company all that those layers probably wouldn't work i understand that there's a safe light yeah uh and that does accommodate some of that need but maybe tighter feedback loops and uh and emphasizing um emphasizing a clear vision at the beginning and and maintaining that vision where everybody knows it off the top of the head might be a little more valuable to a smaller company. So in the blog post here, uh, I'm, I've read, Scott is saying, you know, there's a lot of resistance to SAFE, yes. as you're mentioning here. Um, but he says that one thing that SAFE does well is it gets all the leaders on the same page That's true. in the beginning. It yes. has them go through a training. It has them start focusing on what is the, the WIP, the work in progress yep. of the business initiatives. So if they can start thinking of limiting those, that's going to go a long way to kind of giving focus to the transformation. Yeah, right. I, I have to agree with that. This is a, however, a Scrum at Scale also has an executive action team, which is something similar. Right. Uh, where Safe wants you to set that up, and through training, you hope that the, the executives get the vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scrum at Scale, you're actually engaged every day for 15 minutes doing your daily stand-up. And you're managing those those um, blockers that are that the teams can't resolve themselves, the team or the scrum of scrums, and it works its way up. And and within an hour, a p- problem can potentially be resolved. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm not saying that that's not possible and safe, but but uh, scrum at scale puts a huge emphasis on you're meeting every day for 15 minutes to resolve problems. Mm-hmm. And so then then uh, that's your responsibility, and you do that. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that with this. Also, this executive team at SAFE, I see SAFE, they're kind of steering the whole thing. True. Right. Very important. But you do have to have also that, that those group of people that are engaged in, what's your problem today? I'll, I'll take care of that. Yeah. Oh, this is really good stuff. Uh, I want to skip ahead because he's got 10 of them on here. Um, he talks about, you know, an assumption being that you, you only need to train the scrum master. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. No that's one else one. needs to be trained. And, yes. and we just said when we talked about SAFE. Hey, think of leadership being trained because yes. that that helps. But oh, that's important. But other people on the Scrum team, I think, might appreciate the training as well. And the team itself and the organization probably wants to have people aligned. So yeah. Um, but number six, he says that all Scrum training is the same as an assumption. Are we assuming that all Scrum training is the same? That's interesting. I was just yeah. thinking of that actually. Is yeah. you brought up the subject is, you know, a lot of times companies send their whole everybody to certify scrum master training yeah and the team's not going to use that right is that really the best value that you can get out of that so of course there is the scrum foundations or agile 101 depends on the company and if they're certified to teach it or not and but the whole point is let's get everybody on the same page i hear that a lot from clients and that's a great idea we've got one that works really well for us as a consulting company's got we got some great responses from it that's good Mm mm-hmm but an Agile 101 doesn't go deep enough, yeah. especially, especially when you're talking about your dev team. Scrum Master certification isn't going to help your dev team. Yep. They'll, they'll get some ideas. But if all you want to do is get everybody on the same page, an Agile 101 is great. Right. But here's the thing that really motivates me to go a little deeper with this is that the Certified Scrum um, Developer course, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. 
if, if certifications aren't important, I love that's not important. Stuff. But what is, what is important that you your team knows how to work through these technical issues. Yeah. And that's where the uh, certified Scrum developer really comes in handy. There, where you get a lot of bang for your buck. I sat in with uh, with Paul Moore and, and Cody, yeah. and, and Paul and Cody offer the CSD through Rocket Nine too. But but just their experience, and and oh, you know, yeah. Paul's known people in the XP world for Forever. fifteen years or more, right? Yeah, yeah. probably more. Um, and and so Paul and Cody together, they walk through. Um, they walk through test-driven development. They walk yes, through a lot of important. different like backgrounds on like why we do things, why developers uh, need to do and think of things the way that they do. Uh, and it's illuminating. It's eye-opening oh, yeah. for yeah, even yeah. me as a scrum master or a coach to sit down there and, and work through with them. Um, are there any other assumptions here that that you wanted to call out? Because I don't want to read the whole blog yeah. post. I want viewers yeah. and listeners to Three go to yeah, go good. here and, and read yeah. well you know the devops thing has been something on my mind mm. a lot you know yep. and it is more than just about tooling it's this interaction between your dev team and the people who are, are going to maintain that of course les would say you own that you know you have feature teams which basically are product teams and they take that product and they take care of it from from the time you create it to the time it's deployed, and then beyond that until yeah. the end of that product. Right. So that's a great idea, but if that doesn't always work for you, DevOps is great, but the whole point is it's not, not just about tooling. It's right. that interaction, I believe, that's super important. Right. Oh, that's good. I saw one that, uh, that reminded me, too, that uh, requirements, the assumption says all requirements must be in user story format. Oh, yeah. And again, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, big like old assumption. In fact, yeah. Scrum doesn't talk about uh, needing to follow the user story format at all. That came from XP. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that. But, but yeah, I agree. I don't think that it needs to be in any, diff, any specific format as long as uh, there's a conversation about exactly. it. And people know that uh, whatever is written on the card, whether it's a physical card or a virtual card, um, that they can have those conversations with their product owner or whoever is the voice of the customer yep. uh, at any time during the development process. Yeah, that's really good. I, I notice a lot of times teams get, especially when they're new, mm -hmm. uh, they'll get hung up on form. Yep. It, it, it's not the form. It's the, it's the it's the conversation that we need to have. Yeah. Do I understand what the customer wants? Do I understand what the product owner wants? Mm -hmm. If I do, then let's get going on it. Yeah. Don't don't think you have to be perfect on any one form or even any one aspect about whatever it is you're trying. Always try something, inspect and adapt. Exactly. Iterate That's on the it. Point. See if it can yeah, be better exactly. next time. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of times our forms keep us from. That emphasis on inspection and adaption. And that, yeah. We definitely don't want to see that happen. Yep. Um, so Scott's got a few other points on here. You can't switch approaches is another assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an IT thing, and leadership doesn't have to be involved oh, yeah. as an assumption. So go ahead to the uh, the blog at rocket9solutions.com, and, uh, and you'll find uh, all the blog posts together. And this one was uh, in early December when Scott wrote this. Yeah, top top ten assumptions about agile, and leave some comments. Uh, yeah, you can leave post. comments there on on the post, or, or engage Scott there on the Twitter machine, and uh, and see if you disagree or you want to add add, add to some it. assumptions yeah. to yeah. it. Right? Yeah, it'd be interesting if you disagree. I'd be love to hear about that. Yeah. All right, Larry. Next topic. Wow, we're flying through these topics. Twenty first century oh, yeah. management. Twenty first century management. See, I have my iPad here because I have I have some. Notes here I wanted to kick this one off on. Mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend, I, I heard or saw an interesting video from Simon Sinek on uh, most leaders don't even know the game they're in. Mm. And that really got me thinking. And he says basically, uh, and I would encourage you, what, 18 minutes, so I'd encourage people to go ahead and, and see that. But he says basically, you have a CEO that says, when you ask him, What's your, what is your main responsibility? My main responsibility is the client. Great, our customer. Then the question is, well, when's the last time you talked with a customer? Oh, about 30 years ago. <laughs> so that means it's not your main emphasis. So what is that? Well, it isn't to enable the people who are enabling the people. So if you're a CEO, you've got this middle management layer. Fine, enable those middle managers to be yeah. the best middle managers possible. Now, what does that mean for a middle manager? Now, it's interesting, too, um, and he talks about this also, that you, you're a middle manager because... Well, you were probably pretty good at whatever you were doing. Yeah. And then you got promoted, and you might even know how to do things better than those that you manage. But it's not 
your responsibility to tell them how. Yeah. It's your responsibility to enable an environment so for they for them to do that. So yeah. you would become an enabler instead of a manager, and that's a tough one. Yeah. But I believe very strongly that this is 21st century management. If you want to get more engagement out of your teams, if you want to get more creativity out of your teams, and most importantly, if you want to be an innovative com a company, you have to engage people. You have to engage your teams by enabling them. Yeah. I agree. And as you're saying that, and I'm not sure I've seen that video of Simon Sinek's, but, uh, but we'll have a link to it in our show notes at agilecoffee.com slash episode 64. Um, but it's reminding me a lot of, of what I've seen from a lot of the, uh, the Cal work that oh, we've yes. done. That's a good one. And so um, good. especially there's, um, there's the book um, Leadership Agility, mm -hmm. um, which has the pattern of expert, achiever, and catalyst as different oh, yeah. types of leaders. This and I've got great. it on my wall. I'm yeah, pointing I, to it I, there. I saw that, yes. But, um, but your expert is, is the person who, like you said, is really good at something. They are like a very good software developer, for example, or maybe they're uh, very good at doing sales or whatever it might be in the organization. So good that uh, they were recognized for it and then yanked out of that position. Exactly. <laughs> and, then and, made into a, and made into a leader, yeah, a manager of sorts. And so their first inclination is to continue doing what they've always been good yeah. at. You know? yeah. Well, I'm a manager, so I'll just do it for you. I'll yeah. just show you how to do it. Now, that doesn't scale, and you want to grow people. Absolutely. So, so we say to go from, and this is Bill Joyner's uh, theory here, um, you go from expert to achiever. So now you're, you're leading people. Instead of doing it, you're, you're using the, the leadership model. You're leading people through. You're taking the hill together. Uh, but again, you're, you're still involved in some aspect of how it gets done. Yeah, exactly. Right? And what uh, leadership agility says is to uh, think of yourself in that, that third stage, which is the catalytic leader, yeah. where you're inspiring. You're setting the environment for people to... to find their own path to, to doing it. You're setting a goal for them, but not necessarily all the steps that they need to, to take their goal. Yeah. And, and you're, you're there as a sounding board to give advice, uh, to clear obstacles out of the way, yes. uh, everything that a 21st century manager needs to have in their, their toolkit, um, but they're not necessarily telling, um, telling people how exactly, to do the job. Exactly, yeah. I, I love that. And I, I believe, like I said, this is very, very important. You know, I read something... It was a story in uh, the book here from um, Radical Candor, mm -hmm. from Kim Scott. Okay. And it, it spoke to me so deeply, I had tears in my eyes. As oh, I was listening to it, I thought, yeah. are you kidding me? So she talks about um, uh, if uh, knew me, you know, this, uh, it was this cooperation between Toyota and GM. Mm -hmm. And there, it was a GM plant before then. So what, and then she goes into some detail about what those workers were like. In the GM days, they came to work drunk, and they would put uh, one guy would put uh, vodka or something, a bottle of it, in the car door, and it would kind of advance on, and <laughs> everybody drank out from it as it went along. And sometimes they would sabotage the quality of the yeah. cars just because they were so frustrated. Yeah. And then, the, of course, the traditional management response to that is, "Oh, you guys are lazy, irresponsible." And then you go all the way back to the Taylorism thing. Well, we're hiring yep. you from the from the neck down, and it doesn't matter. Do what we say. Yeah. And then on the other hand, the, the message is, well, we really value your input, so what do you think? And right. so the idea was, and this person talked about his frustration, mm -hmm. he gave very clearly uh, some improvement recommendations to management, and they totally ignored him. Yeah. So he checked out. Right. And so that, that plant didn't work very well, and so Toyota comes in with GM, and they sit down with the very same person, and they ask him about, uh, he's prepared to be engaged, and he just let loose and said, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I want to as engaged as I want to be. No one's going to listen to me anyhow. Right. <laughs> and then they hired him. They said the reason we hired you is because you were so candid about that. Oh, and then, yeah. then this is where it really got me. That same guy mm -hmm. was on the was on the uh, 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 assembly line when Toyota, the 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 CEO of Toyota, was there along with all the other managers, and they're watching the line. They're doing their gimbal walk. And he had trouble getting the light in. And he goes, and then uh, Toyota says, pull the undone cord. Pull the cord. No, I got this. I got this. I got this. He goes, pull the cord. Yeah. No, no, I got this. I don't have to stop. Because stopping the line in the GM days was sure. like, ah, yeah, you that's... never wanted to do that. Right. And, of course, they played against it. But the whole point was he says, pull the cord. Second time. No, I got this. He tells him four times. 
Yeah. And then on the fifth time, he goes, he takes the guy's hand, yeah. puts it on the cord, yeah. and he pulls it down himself. Yeah. And stops the line. <laughs> then the guy, he, you're under enormous pressure, right? You got all these managers there. Yeah. You got the CEO of Toyota there. Yeah. Okay, he stops the line, fixes the light, it fixes the light, gets it in there, and it goes on. And then this is what really spoke to me. And this is 21st century. Okay, I'm on my little soapbox. This is great. This is yeah. 21st century management. Uh-huh. Toyota bows to him, and he apologizes. He says, I have to ask your forgiveness for not making it clear to the managers the importance of pulling the cord. I'll fix that, and oh, I'll wow. make sure they understand that. Yeah. He's apologizing to this man yeah. for not training the middle managers properly to help this man pull the cord. Yeah. And he fixed it. Uh, they were pulling the cord. And then they, she goes on and talks about how often the cord got pulled. Mm-hmm. But the, that is 21st century management. So if you want to, if you can envision yourself in that environment, mm-hmm. that's the kind of manager you have to be to be competitive in the 21st century. Because you need to get the best out of your people. So is that, do you remember, was that in the book, in her book? Or was that in her podcast? Or where did oh, you... that was in her book. Okay. And I believe the name of the book is... Um, Radical Candor. Radical Candor. And the author? Uh, Kim Scott. Kim Scott. And there, there has been a, a podcast for it, too. Um, I'm not sure if she's still actively, if they're still actively recording episodes. Uh, last I checked, it was uh, maybe a couple years old. But um, but I've listened to a few of those episodes too, and and they're great. They're worth uh, listening to. Now I want to get the book. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a great book. She's very candid about how uh, managers and leaders sh- should lead, and she talks about some very difficult things: how to lay people off. Yeah. Uh, what kind of conversations you have before and afterwards? As I recall, she was a keynote speaker at the Agile. Was it Agile twenty sixteen? Agile twenty fifteen? I think the closing keynote speaker. Right. One of those years, we had Kim Scott in there. So. That's great. Um, and this is a, uh, such a great topic, and I'd like to talk to you more about how you introduce this topic when you're coaching clients, when you're working oh, yeah. with clients. Because obviously it's great to tell these stories to the teams you're working with, yeah. but yeah. It, it's yeah. like just reinforcing the lesson. You know, It's like, well, I'm going to be as engaged as I want to because it's not going anywhere. You as a coach, you're not talking to the right person. You need to get that understanding that magic of the candor uh, to to the people who need to train the, the managers, yeah. which is yeah, the exactly. leaders and uh, executives in an organization. So so how do you do that? I'm wondering. In a, instead of just like giving them a book and telling them to read it. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> that's not going to work. Right. It, well, it, go, it goes back to the, the whole training from the back of the room thing somehow. Yes. Vic, and I, I, I yeah. haven't cracked this, and I'm kind of frustrated about it. Mm. Uh, but somehow, Vic, you've got to get them to own it, to come to realization that this is 21st century management. This is how I manage today. This is how I help my company succeed. This is how we create value for our customers. Somehow, through a series of exercises, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but they have to come, middle managers have to come to the conclusion themselves, this is how I'm going to manage. And of course then, and we've seen this, you know, as as, you know, we've been doing, we've done some pair coaching and Mm -hmm. you know this too, a lot of times uh, from our Clients, the the chief executives would say, just do an agile thing. I don't care what it is. So whatever is yeah. successful, just do it. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're, they're not engaged. So the middle managers aren't engaged. But you're working with the teams at the lower levels. And they want to be engaged. So then you talk about 21st century management. Even with the managers, they'll go, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I'm going to be told tomorrow to do something totally different. Sure. So somehow you, you've got it, and I, I keep saying somehow. <laughs> yeah. we got to crack this thing. And that's why I love, the, I love working with Rocket9, because we've been talking about how we start engagements, how yes. we talk with leaderships, how we work through models like the ADCAR model. Where's yeah. the awareness? Where's the desire amongst leadership? And, uh, and we also offer these, these leadership classes in the form of the Cal1 class or, or maybe other classes yeah. that we've got uh, cooking. Um, where, again, we, we talk to leaders about the importance of, of change, how you can manage that change. We talk about the 21st yes, century management yes. principles. We talk about culture models. What's yes, the culture of your organization? Yeah. Um, and there's so much more. And then by the time they leave this two-day class or whatever engagement we have with them to get them fired up, we want to see that they're sufficiently have that desire like sufficiently built so that 
it will carry over into the organization. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my uncle always used to say, he was a, 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 an insurance salesman, but he always used to say, in order for the client to be lukewarm, I have to be red hot. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's the same like thing. That. We want to get that's that great. desire like so built up in whoever it is, you know, the leaders or, or whoever it is we're working with. So that by the time they bring the message back to wherever they're going, the workplace, organization, community, whatever it is, that they could get their uh, their people also lukewarm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, you mentioned TBR, too, and as you did that, my mind started thinking about what do I do now when I'm having interactions with these leaders so that they're learning yeah. it themselves. Yeah. I'm not teaching it. And they're it. taking ownership of it. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm going to continue thinking about that. You know what, Vic? I tell you what. Let's What's work up? this over. Write our own book on it and get famous and stuff. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, Larry and Vic book. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> uh, what might be our last topic here tonight, uh, today here at Agile Coffee is: um, What does bringing humanity to the workplace mean to you? Bringing humanity to the workplace is Rocket Nine's kind yeah. of uh, slogan. It's our value. Right? It's, it's when we're in, that's part of our elevator speech. Yeah, uh, our elevator pitch. Our value at Rocket Nine, what we value, the thing that we, we really gets us up in the morning and gets us to our clients energized is bringing humanity to the workplace. And again, going back to what you just said, you were talking about the example from Kim Scott's Radical Candor book of, of, of a GM worker who was just like, uh, I'm hired from the neck down. They don't yeah, care what I say. Yeah. Um, so there's no humanity in a yeah. job like that. They're just being told what to do and they're being criticized for doing what they're being told what to do, uh, what they're being told to do. So I've seen cases like that when I've worked with uh, IT groups, software groups, or people in kind of ancillary kind of divisions to that, organizational um, groups, where people are just told what to do all the time, and it doesn't feel like a, a good shop to be yeah, in. Exactly. You know, maybe there's, a, whether you have a death march going on or not, you know, still <laughs> yeah. you've got this kind of the life force, the fun is exactly. sucked the out of Exactly, the fun is sucked out yeah. of it. That's a really good way of putting it. I think uh, I, I'm often reminded of, uh, you know, back in the days when I did a traditional project management, it wasn't uncommon for a manager to say, you know, to be, well, yelling, not so much yelling, but venting his frustrations at the team saying, what's the matter? Do I have to do all this work for you? Yeah. Aren't you like, basically what he was saying is, aren't you smart enough to do this on your own? Yeah. Do I have to tell you what to do? No, you don't. That's the idea. But the whole point is you've, you've so reduced their humanity. You've so reduced their motivation to work that, okay, yeah, tell me what to do. Because last time I tried to do something on my own, it was the wrong thing anyhow. So now yeah. you take responsibility for it. Yeah. And there's this never-ending circle. Yeah, well, going back to the last topic when we talked about the, uh, the expert and achiever yeah. level, again, of, of joiners' um, leadership agility. An expert is someone who is really good at doing something, and then they became a manager, yeah. and they might not have learned how to be a manager. Yeah, so they're exactly. just telling people, well, do it like this. Like, I told, I told you to do it. Like, I would have done it that way too, you know. Um, and it's not working for the other person. The other person yeah. needs to figure out their own way of getting it done. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the mismatch there. So, so how do we, as Rocket Nine, bring that humanity back into the office? I'd like to think that it's the whole idea of these, uh, the conversation, uh, kind of a summary of almost everything we've talked about so far today is that mm -hmm. uh, training from the back room, those ideas, get people, get the team, get the individuals to own the solution. Yeah. That's one way of doing it. Kind and like then, coaching from the back of the room. Right? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> that's kind of what a coach is. A coach yeah. isn't in your face telling people how to do things, but rather it, it starts from the from curiosity, being yeah. curious about your 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 client, the person you're talking to, the team you're working with, what is it that they're trying to solve? What's the problem yeah, exactly. that they're in? What's the goal they're trying to achieve? Exactly. And just asking those open-ended questions. Right? Yeah, yeah, and helping them establish or having them establish their goals, and you help them accomplish those goals. That's so you're talking about then being a, a listener. Yes. So first of all, you're bringing humanity back to the workplace by just simply listening to people. Yeah, and asking good questions. Okay. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's the Collaborative Coaching Institute or something. They have a list of uh, powerful questions. Yep. And uh, one uh, coach that I was working with recently took the list of those questions and embossed them and gave them out to, <laughs> to all the coaches. So, so you have them right here. She said she used them 
mm-hmm. her conversation with her daughter to help her daughter figure out what's the next steps in her life. She goes, Mom, you're so smart. There you go. So Allison Pollard oh, from yes. Improving uh, also took a number of questions and made a little card deck. Um, These are great. Whose opinion matters on this topic? Yeah. Wow. Asking a team member whose opinion matters, that's going to give you so much data. Oh, boy. So you'll know who to talk to also. Yes. But also you can have them start a conversation. They might not really think that everyone's opinion matters. Maybe they think, oh, yeah, only maybe one or two people's yeah, opinion exactly. matters. Yeah, exactly. That's what well, You get that a lot So you times. eliminate some assumptions yeah. right there. Who wants you to succeed? What will you get? Yeah, that's a good one, too. What, what, what will you get? Or what, yeah. What's stopping you? That's great, you know? Yeah, that's great. What's stopping you? You want to do this and this? You want to decide to do that? What, what's stopping you? Go do it. Yeah. So listening to people yeah. asking questions is, uh, is one means of bringing humanity to the workplace. Yeah, this is great. Listening, asking these, these open-ended questions, um, and then just being very empathetic to yeah, them, too. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Yeah, enabling people's success. That's what this is all about. Enabling uh, individual success, team success, and ultimately enabling our clients for success. A lot of times I work with teams, they don't know how to, how to run a meeting. And I'm not saying oh, yeah, like that's a good one. just a typical scrum meeting, um, but, but any type of meeting. So, so if you show them just how to effectively plan for a meeting and, and run a meeting yep. and have the right people there and not invite everyone um i think soon they'll see the the importance of a facilitator or facilitation skills yeah um and that helps bring humanity uh back to the job too is is by having good facilitators whether it's uh coaches who are on site or the scrum masters or really anybody else um who's got those capabilities and you've seen them kind of emerge from the team and helping others become good facilitators. Yeah. Not to, to demonstrate yourself right. and encourage others to step into that role. So we as coaches would come in and model, and model some of yes, these, uh, absolutely. these activities. And, yeah. and even our, our reactions to things like conflict. Uh, when oh, we're yeah. when we're in a room and there's there's people the the tension might be getting high <laughs> and you can see people kind of taking uh, snipes at each other, yeah. giving each other the stink eye, you know. As coaches, we don't want to get trapped into the emotion of the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stay back, give it a safe place, share what you think, mm-hmm. and then come up with solutions at work. Yeah. Have them come up with solutions at work. There's any number of ways then to take it from here. It, it really is up to what the organization needs, what the team's yeah. desire is. Um, but I think it all goes back to being that servant leader, listening, asking questions. Yep. Modeling correct behaviors, uh, modeling kind of how to run activities, um, things like that is a great yep. way to start. Yep, I like this. And that, this is actually, to, to be honest with you, why I love working with Rocket Knight. I don't want to, you know, toot our own horn or something, but we really take that serious. Toot Bring away. Yeah. <laughs> That's Bring what people love about us. Is, and I think, you know? I, I go, I love this team. I love working on the, with this mm-hmm. team. I love working... Together, this, well, the synergy that we have is great. It's amazing, too. But it's the idea is that we really have this value that we, we hold dear. Mm-hmm. And we want to bring this to the, our clients. And it works. Yeah, and likewise, I mean, coaches that I know that aren't with Rocket 9 that I know and respect, yeah, they're, they're like this, too. So I'm not just here plugging for Rocket 9, but a good coach, someone who kind of encapsulates that, that yes, idea exactly. of we're all people together. Yeah. We're all trying to improve the way we work and bring humanity back to the workplace. Um, it's so important, so kind of foundational to like getting yes, things right. Yeah. You can't, you can maybe make small improvements here and there, but until you look at people across the desk from you or across yeah. the aisle from yeah. you That's and good. know that they're people too, yes, or, or even better remote Remote oh, teams. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a good challenge, but it's it you know yeah. challenge yourself to bring humanity back to the the workplace of, of the remote workplace yeah. because that's that's really hard. Um, that could be another topic altogether. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but like you, I love my clients, and and that's one of the comments that I get back from uh, clients in the middle of an engagement or at the end is like, man, you guys really take the time to get to know us and yep. listen to us and. We want you back. And we care. Yeah, I hear this a lot. We sense that you guys really care. Yeah. Yeah, and we really do. (laughs) Well, podcast listeners, we really care about you as well. And so we'd like to, as we're wrapping this up here, um, one more time, reach out to you and ask you what you think. Uh, Engage with Larry and myself here on Twitter 
by using the hashtag AskAgileCoffee. Let us know um, if you have any questions about any of the topics that we've shared today or or any contributions, any recommendations uh, for future topics yeah, absolutely. that you'd like to share. We'd absolutely. love to love to bring you in and get you involved. Um, show notes for this episode uh, are on the Agile Coffee website. That's agilecoffee.com slash episode 64. Um, and this is our first experiment with YouTube. So if you ended yeah. up finding us here on YouTube and you wanted to uh, feel free to subscribe or like or, or give us feedback there, um, by all means, that's what we're looking for here, too, is is does the video format yeah. um, help great, us out? Great question. Or are you just distracted by Larry's <laughs> stunning good looks? <laughs> or Vic's amazing goatee. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, Larry, before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I just, just the fact that I'm very motivated by this. By the idea that we can help our customers succeed. And I don't care if I'm working with Rocket Nine or not. That's and that's an agile thing that goes yeah. very deep into us all. These frameworks are there to help companies succeed. We have huge amounts of of challenges today, and one of them is that we need to constantly be innovative. Yeah. And how do you do that? With through short feedback loops and all the goodness that you find in, in various agile frameworks. And yeah. So I love doing this stuff. You know, I'm I could almost I'm, well, I'm almost. Oh, I am old enough to retire, but I'm not going to do this anytime in the future yeah, yeah. because I love this so much. Yeah, <laughs> good. And and yeah, I echo exactly what you said too. Like I've known you long before I knew what Rocket Nine was, and and uh, you and I and Scott and Cliff, we saw each other in the community. Yeah, way yeah. before like we all got together uh, here here at uh, Rocket Nine, but. Um, yeah, it's it's brought so much pleasure to me too. Is, yeah. is getting to know you guys and others in our yeah. community, and then getting out and working with people in the workplace and putting this to uh, to the test and running experiments with yeah, people, exactly. and having these conversations. Um, so it's been really good. So as we wrap up, um, one more quick shout out to Nashville. Yay, Hi there, Nashville. folks. Uh, if you're in Southern California, feel free to find Larry and I. We're out in the community, not only the things that we said at the beginning of the program, but you've got um, Zach does his Agile Coffee down oh, yeah. in San Diego. That's a great, great meetup. We're known to pop in there. Uh, Paul Moore runs his Agile SoCal yeah. once a month here in Irvine. Um, so if, if there's any, uh, any chance that you're in the area and you want to stop by, please do. We look forward to meeting you yeah. and getting to know you better. So until next time. Enjoy your coffee with friends. Coffee. <laughs> coffee.